Are you ready for the end of time? Oh, yes. Sorry, as you said that, I had a bit of Timothy Dalton spit in my face. <laughs> Sorry, yes. End that, that was... of time. Yes. Oh, I know. Oh. I mean, I'll talk about it, but they could have done another take of that, couldn't they? It's, I mean... Uh, <laughs> like, it's like... Less, less spitting Timothy, it's, if you don't it, mind. They've got, like, the camera guy that's, like, covered. He's like, Timothy... Yeah. Timothy or wearing ponchos. Please stop! <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how many takes that was, David? Maybe that was the best one. Maybe. Maybe the rest of them, there was just so much spittle. Hello and welcome to Who Gives a Flux, a Doctor Who podcast, and here at Flux HQ, we have been on a journey travelling with the 10th Doctor on his path to the 60th anniversary specials. Welcome to the final step on the road to the 14th Doctor. My name is Mike, and each week I have been discussing two episodes from arguably the most successful era that Doctor Who has ever had. And today we have reached the end of that journey. And thankfully, I am with guests. Today, joining me to discuss the end of time parts one and two, it's David and Charlie. Hello, both. Hello. hello, 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 David. How the devil are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I am fabulous, thank you very much. Charlie, how the devil are you? I'm, I'm amazed and also terrified. <laughs> oh, please don't be terrified. It's, a, it's a very friendly place. <laughs> yeah, David seems to be extremely friendly, especially talking about Bernard Cribbins. So yes. Oh yeah, he's in his happy place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my element. <laughs> Here is the element and here is David. Mm. Um, but thank you both for joining me today for this chat. And I do hope actually you both slept well last night because I don't know about you, but I've been having some very, very bad dreams lately. Ooh. Lots of fire, war, insanity, mm. and always a rather fetching man with bleach blonde hair laughing a lot. It's been quite bizarre. Yes. Yes. That's oh, just, not just me then. That's, no. that's just most of my dreams, to be honest with you. Oh, I just named them all, did I? No, yeah. they were the ones about Bernard Cribbings as well. Yeah. 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 He's in them all. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. All so Orinoco as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 So shall we start then and jump into the end of time part one? So, for our listeners who might not remember exactly what it's about, this is the part where I normally read what it says on Wikipedia. But, at the very end of this journey, I cannot bring myself to do it, okay? Because Wikipedia, the descriptions have been terrible. And also, they don't have separate descriptions for the two episodes this time. So, I turn to IMDb. And I found two very good, well, much better, synopses um, written by somebody called Gary KMCD. So, Gary, I thank you. Here are your words. Um, Part one, then. Forewarned and with a sense of foreboding, the Doctor races to return to Earth, fearing that the Master will somehow return. He has good reason to worry since the Master's minions have, in fact, found a way to reconstitute him. Reunited with Wilfred Mott, hold for applause. The Doctor desperately tries to locate the Master, only to find that he is being held by Joshua and Abigail Naismith, who are using alien technology to create a new future for Earth. It's too late, however, for the Master has now turned everyone on Earth into his own image. Little does he realise the greater danger that awaits them all. So, David, what do you think about part one of The End of Time? 
Do you know what? I, I, I watched these two episodes back to back and I, I made notes. And I made notes more about the first episode than I did the second one. I think the first episode I think I enjoy slightly more than the second one. I feel like the first one is a bit more of a sort of a like Christmassy special, if that makes sense. It's a bit more kind of lighthearted and a bit fun and a bit sort of, you know, what you want from a Christmas Day episode. Okay. That's personally, and you know, yes. you know what I'm going to say about Bernard. But like, I think it's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really good mixture. The first episode of like proper scary things, and then quite fun, silly, sweet things as well in it. Okay, quick change. Interesting. Mm. Charlie, do you remember how you felt about this episode back in 2009, and do you feel any differently about it now? Um, I I absolutely well. I, I know I keep saying this about, um, and I've said it about Doctor Who episodes in the past because I can't choose favourites. But I really, I remember partially being really saddened at the fact that David was going. So I had that on my mind of oh god, oh no. Um, I I really love this this. But um, well, I love the first and second episodes. Um, I really love the fact that Donna came back. Just the fact seeing her back was like, oh, she can't remember anything, but we remember her. Um, Bernard being there, absolutely fantastic as as always, and obviously John Sim. Uh, I remember I remember seeing like a picture um, from the I think behind the scenes, and somebody taken a sneaky pic, and I couldn't work out who it was at first, and I thought, wait, it's Simon Pegg because <laughs> yeah, of course he had like, the hair. I was like, who's, who's that? And then it then it dawned later on it was him, but. I really, I really like the episodes with um, David Tennant and John Sim as the master, and I thought this was, I thought this was quite, quite cool and significant. How we've, I don't think, well, a- apart from probably the seventies, that we've had the master be so vulnerable. I mean, in in the state that he was in after the uh, resurrection, went a bit skew whiff, and his wife threw the poison in, and he came back as a, some kind of half their half kind of fading away type creature so and he had he sort of going although it wasn't really cannibalistic but he was kind of going a bit he needed to feed on people in order to get energy off them and it was like oh this is weird um so the master's dying and he and the the doctor in a way needs his help to sort of solve this issue so we saw we got to see him in a really vulnerable state and we never really got to see that before so the the whole idea of that was fun like it was amazing but but yeah so we got so we actually finally got to see a sort of conversation with the doctor and the master together without any real interruption apart from a giant woody helicopter and, and that and um but there was actually a moment between those two who'd clearly grown up together who'd clearly had history it's part cute part lovely part you know kind of semi-romantic and part ah <laughs> <laughs> it is all of those things. Yeah, I, I, I remember this. I remember this being like when it went out. It was such a big thing. It was like I remember it was it was in the cinemas. It was in you know the trailers and stuff were in the cinemas. Yeah. It was made such a big thing that it was like you know this was David Tennant's last ones and the scale mm. of it was massive. Mm. I remember that very well. And and um, the whole sort of secrecy thing of I know we'll get into it later, but sort of having Sarah Jane and um, yes, yeah. everyone else back. Sort of, I remember th- I remember that being a, a massive thing. The biggest mystery to me, though, was why did the Master go blonde? <laughs> well, he was hiding himself so the Doctor wouldn't wouldn't recognise him, I guess. I mean, 
dyeing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna hide yourself, I think. I mean, <laughs> doesn't doesn't he ex? Well, doesn't he explain it to two um, absolutely terrified um, um, hobos why he did it? Because he's like, you did well. I actually probably didn't do that for the doctor. So he probably did that so nobody would recognise him. Although everybody freaking knows his face because yeah. he's. He was Harold Saxon for like, well, he's like the prime minister for about a second. But I mean, could you? Uh, I mean, there's that whole sequence where the the, the doctor can smell him, which is lovely. Um, <laughs> I wonder what he smells but, of. Well, it'd be like, well, considering how many people he's possibly eaten, um, probably smells like time and death. Mm, true. How lovely! Cologne, the new cologne from Superdrug. <laughs> <laughs> because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. <laughs> so, do you do you, do you both think this is like overall? Then this episode has a, is a successful plot. I think, yeah, I think it does, and I and I and I I will. I promise. I mean, we're gonna have to talk to him a lot, but I do think Bernard is a great companion for the Doctor yeah. he is. because he's because he's very. It, it's, it's difficult to explain. I think he's he's very much kind of just like he's there, and you you do think just. To start with, when he first appears, you think, "Oh, you know, we've got Granddad back, and we all love him, and and all that." Yeah. But actually, he's kind of the voice of reality for the Doctor at times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, I think bringing him back was a genius move, anyway. But bringing him in as the assistant, mm. it's and also you've never you you'd never seen a sort of older companion for the Doctor. I mean, yeah. I know Adelaide in the previous episode was older, but she was, you know, she's still she's yeah. still quite young. Whereas you've never seen actually an old man be the assistant for the doctor, no. yes. so it's, it's a really it's good the relationship. Two granddads, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's two granddads. And I mean, also, <laughs> I cheer and scream when his name appears in the titles. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's marvelous! Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, amazing. But I think I think this first episode it it really it really works well, building up the tension, building up the story, and then kind of the the cliffhanger and stuff like that. And I'm sure we'll talk more. About bits yeah. in it, but there are lots of really lovely scenes in this, which which I yeah. adore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I mean, and so flipping it round, then is there anything that you think could have been better? No. I think one of the things, um, and this might seem a bit odd, I I wouldn't have put Timothy Dalton in it at all actually until the end. That was the only thing I found which was a little bit odd was when he kept. Because there's a moment in it where he appears, doesn't he? Where he says something yeah. like the yes. final, and and all the narration and stuff like that. I, I actually think that that they could have got rid of that mm. personally. Because I, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm looking at the episode in hindsight, knowing. It's no, I think you're. It's a bit of a strange one because um, Timothy Dalton, obviously, at the beginning, is the narrator for the episode. So you know, just just as somebody doing a voiceover, an actor doing a voiceover, and then. As we go through the episode, it, it transpires that he's in the episode speaking mm. to mm. the audience, but then he's also in the episode then as a character not speaking to the audience, and it is a little bit confusing. But yeah. when you've got Timothy Dalton with his voice, I understand yeah. oh. why they did it. Mm. <laughs> and the spit. Yeah, the spit, yeah. In in some ways, it's like, like a Gallifreyan storyteller. It's like, even yes. though you don't mm. know he's Gallifreyan... At first, it's just like this, this strange, familiar voice that you've heard probably countless countless times in other genres. Um, 
of like maybe I don't know, maybe it's like a Christmas thing of sitting by the fire and yeah. telling stories like mm. a Christmas Carol, which will be yeah. a later episode. But um, it's you know, it's like a it's a very I think maybe they chose I mean maybe they chose Timothy for many reasons because he's a fantastic actor. Maybe because he's got such a lovely kind of warm voice, a very yeah. calming voice. When when you find out that he's like this time lord and bloody blah, um, they for them it's it's new this whole event is technically new it's happening right now yeah. but it's it's like in the past because it's clearly before um the the destruction of gallifrey or destruction destruction at that time of gallifrey yeah absolutely so it's like he's telling so maybe it's like he's telling the tale of the current situation but it's in the past so it's technically but that's strange it's a fairy right. tale. yeah yeah, you're right because also um, that kind of mirrors what the Ood say. Yeah, that that, that th things are happening so far away and yet they're happening right now. Yeah, yeah. And there's a weird fluxy time thing going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like yeah. a fairy tale from long ago, but it's currently happening, but it's not. Yeah. But it's, it's just basically it's a it's like a whimsical way of of telling the future from the past. It's yeah. it's really really well done, I think. It's clever. But, but even when you find out who he is, he's like, oh, oh, it's you, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Layers, isn't it? Just gives yeah, it back layers all the time. Of time. When you were talking about Bernard Cribbins and, and how he was, um, he was, he's like the, an old companion or whatever. Part of me was thinking, even now so, he's the only part of Donna left because he's got all that curiosity and he hasn't had his memory wiped, and he's there with the Doctor. So technically, the only part of Donna remaining is Wilfred Mott. And even at the end, when we find out that he is the one, he's the omen that's been following the Doctor around all this time, and that he's always coming back to him, and he can't work out why, he's the one that kills the Doctor. And it's like, how how sad is that? Is the, the fact that... Wilfred doesn't even know his own future. Doesn't even know that him getting stuck in in a um, shut up clock. I do apologise for my, <laughs> my anti clock. Epic. Yeah, wow. it's an anti clock on my wall, and when it comes to time, it will bong. Stop it. Um, <laughs> I so, thought that's like, very dramatic, isn't it? It's, it's very dramatic. He <laughs> will knock four times. Talking this, like... about the omen and the and the clock, and the clock stuff. chimes. Um, bloody hell! Yeah, it, it's like we've got we've got Sylvia, and um, if you think about how Donna is like parts of people, uh, obviously she's gone. We've got Sylvia, but Sylvia is not really a massive fan of the Doctor, and so he's the only bit that we have left of Donna, and I find that kind of heartwarming and also extremely distressing. It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, I think I think everything that Russell does with this family yeah. is is sort of amazing, really. But it, and, amazing, and obviously, but also, uh, it's painful, uh, and 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 it's and it's still to come. We've got, yeah. we've got more to come, which is yeah. so exciting. Yeah, and yet worrying and stressful yeah. and all those wonderful things. Mm. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a bit about the Doctor in this episode then, because we haven't spoken too much about him yet. Um, so the last time that we saw him, he was kind of flirting with the Time Lord Victorious and the mm. Waters of Mars and he realised he'd gone too far and so he went off on his jollies and married good Queen Bess. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, this is his last adventure before regenerating. He's back on Earth, back with Wilf, Dono mm. in the background, the Master in the front. So, David, what do you think about the Doctor in part one of this story? I, It's quite interesting, actually. I kind of... This might sound like a really th- weird thing to say, and I, don't, and I don't mean it possibly the way it's trying to say, but I found David Tennant, especially in these last episodes, actually quite heartbreaking. Mm. I mean, not that he's not good in the rest of his run, but I feel like the Doctor kind of knows the severity of what's happening um, and, you know, is terrified, actually. A little bit of it is that he's terrified of what, what could happen. And I think he's extraordinary. And I do think as well... Um, I mean, you'll probably ask me about this probably later, but I mean, those scenes with him and with, especially with Bernard, I mean, you, I don't think you could get two better actors to play those parts. You know, all those... See, that scene in the cafe where he talks about, you know, I'm going to die, and Wilfred says, mm. oh, well, I will one day, and he went, no, nah, you won't, or sort of something like that. And in yeah. the second episode, when Bernard basically sort of breaks down and tells him, you know, to, to kill the master stuff. I mean, it's yeah. it's heartbreaking. That the, it is, uh, but yeah. it's but I do think it's the testament to the two of them that I, you know, that they break your heart in those scenes, both of them. You yeah. know, um, and especially Bernard, that scene where he says, you know, go up and say hello to her, and she was yeah. so much yeah. better with you, and all and all that sort of stuff. Oh. I just think it's, yeah. um, and you'll be surprised to hear that, especially in the second episode, I I cry at that thing. You know, I mean, I'm sure you're, I'm sure yeah. you're shocked. But yeah, shock to my core. I can tell. Yeah. But you know, the whole sort of and that and the big twist at the end. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, here's a little bit of a of a a little bit. I think at times David Tennant's doctor, but I think he always has been a little yeah. bit. Yes. Um, yes. Whereas I yeah. feel like this one, he's a lot more vulnerable. Yeah. A lot more vulnerable. I mean, it's a common thing that well, it was since this happening, I guess, when the doctor realizes that he could be meeting his his death, he kind of goes on a big bender doesn't he the, yeah. the, 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 it's, yeah. isn't it? they, all the doctors do subsequently where they go and have a party they they go a bit wild and yep. they're just blowing yep. off steam because they know that it's going to be potentially the end of their time and um in the, this is no exception of course the doctor's too late to come back and if he hadn't been off with the eleventh Doctor uh, in the fiftieth anniversary, he'd have come back before the Master was brought back, and could have had a chance to prevent it all happening. So, this is kind of, kind of his fault, in a lot of ways. And I think that, that this tenth Doctor has a lot of that on his shoulders. But it does also doesn't excuse the fact then that he is sometimes a bit of a dick because mm. there are times in this, especially in part two, there are times there are some things he says where. You think, oh no, you really have lived too long. Yeah, yeah. especially that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But you know that line where sort of Bernard says, "Oh, just leave me," and he's like, "Yeah, all right, I will." And you think, yeah. well, that's yeah. exactly yeah. what Definitely. the doctor doesn't do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, yes. But then Definitely. he also kind of knows that that's he's going to have to do that. You know, that is that is that is his end, basically. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think he's okay. just sort of holding off the inevitable, isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or hundred percent. He's yeah. he's trying. He's kind of clinging on to who, you know, who he who he was. I guess yeah. mm. knowing what's to come in in a way because obviously he knows that he regenerates. The doctor yeah. regenerates. Yeah. I mean, and the interesting thing about this particular doctor, I think, in this incarnation, is that he has gone on quite a journey. Yeah. From from the kind of you know a fun loving one at the beginning a bit yeah. more kind of out for a romp yeah to to the point where he 
goes too far. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think that's really, it is an interesting story. And I, you know, it, it, I do quite like that, but I do like that we get that realisation later on where he does realise he has gone too far again. But then you've got the comedy in it as well. Like, I love all the stuff with oh, the, oh, the cloak. Well, oh, they're amazing. Can I just say as well, though, I mean, hasn't June Whitfield got the best part ever in Dot 2? She comes in, pinches Dave Tennant's butt, takes the paycheck and goes. <laughs> yes. I remember yeah. when, because she was one of the people they announced was going to be in it, and I was a bit like... Is that your hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when they announced June Whitfield was going to be Dot 2, I was like, that's the weirdest bit of casting I've ever seen in my life and yeah. then I watched it I was like Russell's just got June Whitfield in to pinch Dave Tennant's ass alright okay fine see, see you how know? you said that it's like June Whitfield plays the doctor ooh, ooh yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but I, you know but little scenes like that I mean oh you know good for her I'd yeah, get, yeah. I think anyone would get paid to I, pinch I, I, Dave Tennant's bum I love uh, Wilford's drawings of the TARDIS. It's like, you know, just the old-fashioned one. Sticky uppity hair, all that. Just, even, that even that little dance he does when he whacks him to the side of the bus. Oh, I love that. Aww. With his, his, his infamous little um, uh, reindeer horns on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do love this, just, just for moments like that. Because it's like you've got the comedy before the storm. Yeah. The comedy before the tragedy. And also, yeah. like, there's, there's, there's no need to to put that in there you know it's it's no. it brings nothing oh. to the plot but it's such a no. T davis thing to do and i kind of love it for that and as you say it brings in the comedy stuff yeah i mean it's, it's the human it's the human mm, in, yeah. in in doctor who because yeah. i mean people people can go on and say oh well they have to have this scene in it's just so slow it's like well it's it's giving like a break it's giving a break from all the action from you know the the, the manic of, of the episode, the monsters, and they're just having a moment where they just sit down and talk mm. about something mundane, and it's showing off the the human side. I mean, that's why I like um, Wilfred Mott being with the Doctor because it's like you're you've got this ancient being that's been through so much. It has had multiple lives and has seen death and destruction and people leaving him, and then him leaving them, and then you've got somebody that's well, not the same age, but is old for a human. And he's been through experiences and obviously not the same thing as the doctor, but he's been through war and he's lost people. And he's not had, he's not had um, as as much um, knowledge and that, but he's human. And that's what's important is yeah. we're seeing aside. So we're having like a situation where the doctor's crying and obviously, you know, Will is trying to comfort him and all this stuff. I mean, even even the scenes where we got in part two, where Wilf is, is talking to the doctor and we're having having these moments and they're just so lovely and it, it's it's slow, but I genuinely don't care. And we're having these moments where like I'd be so proud if you were my dad. And it's like, oh, oh my god, this is so lovely. Yeah. And I mean, even you know. We, we have stuff like that, and it's so lovely. And it's like the age difference, obviously. Well, age difference both ways. I mean, yeah. I mean even, even if you think about it, like, this is a two-parter where the Doctor leaves, but also it's David Tennant's final, from then, final run. So all the emotion is, like, part David, part Doctor. So, you know, he doesn't want to go. Is It's like, you know, David doesn't want to go. But he, he has to move on, although obviously he's come back now. Um, <laughs> and for like reunion time, which is fine. Um, and 
um, the doctor doesn't want want to go, so he's putting off the inevitable. He's going off. He's he's, he's you know he's marrying um, Queen Bess. He's he's, he's he's he goes to visit Ood Sphere. You know, even yeah. with the knowledge of this Ood Sigma following him and, and chasing him after what happened with Time Lord Victorious, as he went too far, and that yeah. thing's haunting him. He comes back to Ood Sphere. And something's clearly wrong, but he's he's cracking jokes. He's everything's fine. Nothing. I'm I'm not gonna die. I might die, but it's it's fine. It's not gonna happen. It's fine. And then all this sort of like falls into place. And he thinks the master's gonna kill him when, in actual fact, it's Wilf, who yeah. he's so close to because of Donna, because they have Donna and him have the same kind of reactions to all things fantastical, and. And when it when he finds out he's the one, it's been him all this time. He's met him on multiple occasions, and it's not really clicked until right now. And it's just it's like so heartbreaking. I mean, even for me, I remember thinking, "Oh, he's he's fine, he's fine." And then we hear the knock on the glass yeah, cabinet. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's been well for this time. And Will's not known because Will can't have known. And Wilf doesn't have that intention anyway, no. does he? He doesn't doesn't even consider and the fact that it could be him. And that was even... that was the first I remember watching that and that was that final moment of sort of jaw dropping, going, Yeah, oh my god, like actually because yeah. you thought, Oh, that's it now, it's over. Yeah. Like this is how we all, yeah. we all had that idea it was gonna be the master, and obviously the master saved the doctor's life, so there was mm. that whole turnaround. Mm. Yeah. So he's thinking, Oh, he survived. I got it out. I, you know, I've got out of this whole situation. I'm not going to die. And then we have the knock on the door and it's like, Oh, it's the, heartbreaking. The, the, the realization on his face. And it's just like, yeah. Oh, but, but what you were saying as well, it's like the doctor really respects Wolf. I mean, there's that great line yeah. that the doctor says where Wolf says to him, Oh, we must look like ants to you. And he goes, no, you look like giants and, yeah. and all that. And, yeah. but also it, they're just so, they're just so well written and so human. Yeah. I mean, one of the uh, one of the quotes that I love, which is such an ordinary thing for people to say, is that scene where uh, Sylvia has got the present and she's like, "Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, did you get the receipt?" And you think, yeah. how many people uh, have had that to you? Yeah. But the, yeah. One of the things, and I and I really want to talk about this because I feel like I'm going to miss it if I don't. One thing that made me really excited for the sixtieth. It's going to be so nice to see Donna's husband in it more because I'd kind yeah. of forgotten he was in this. Mm. And I think it's so lovely of Rusty Davis to bring the same actor back because I think in yeah. any other TV show, you know, where, if this would have been EastEnders, for example, mm. they would have recast him, they would have probably yeah. brought in someone more famous, da 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 da. But I love the loyalty that Rusty Davis has to actors and kind of gone, yeah, this actor who was only actually in about two scenes, really, yeah. of an episode that was shown, you know, 10 over 10 years ago is coming mm. back for a bigger role and i think that's such a lovely thing to do and he's you know he, he's not in this much but he's a great character he's very yeah. he's very much part of the gang but yeah. it made me more excited because i kept when he appeared i went oh yeah I forgot about him i wonder what he's going to be like for the 60th you know he's going to have a bigger role he's going to have an expanded part and i just thought yeah, we don't know anything about Sean at all, yeah. really. No, we don't. So I think it's such a lovely thing that Russell has gone, you know, bring bring yeah. bring bring the character back, but bring the actor back, you know, yeah. bring because I don't think many people would do that, and I think that's such no. a lovely lovely yeah. thing. It to is. Do. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So David, then also following on from that, then how do you think the return of Donna Noble is handled in? 
this well, in this two parter, <laughs> I guess, because obviously she's back. She's not the companion. No. And Russell does honor the fact that she can't remember or she will die. And yeah. The 60th anniversary, notwithstanding at this mm. point, because obviously she's back and she is Donna Noble, yeah. remembering and all. But at this point, do you think it was handled well? Well, do you know, I was, when I was watching it, I remember, again, I remember at the time thinking how exciting it was. But you kind of, and I know it's such a horrible thing to say, but you kind of need to get her out of it, really. Because she's not the companion, so when she no. gets when she gets knocked out in the second episode, yeah, I kind of thought to myself, well, there's not really anything else you can do with her because no. she can't remember the Doctor, she can't do anything that she would do. So it it, it is handled very well, and it's really nice to see her, and it's a very kind of human way of looking, you know, looking through her as actually just a normal character. Yeah, but yes. it did sort of make me laugh a little bit that it was like, right, beginning of episode two, knock her out. Yeah, <laughs> wake her up at the end. Get her gone. <laughs> she's yeah, out. She's, she's absolutely. And, she'll have possibly. She'll wake up and then she'll be terrified of every every guy that happens to have scruffy beard and blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, she's exactly. like, ah, ah, what's wrong, Donna? What's wrong? I had a really weird dream. <laughs> well, this guy had multiple clothes and he was coming at me. I I like um I, I kind of like the whole idea that that even though I mean we had the line of um of the doctor the doctor Donna is still there even though she doesn't yeah. know what she, it's like a subconscious thing like yeah. buying the book for Wilfred she's kind of doing it's like undercover mystery she's like a private eye like her 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 subconscious is the private eye that's like oh I see the doctor's here oh. Oh look, this is uh, looks like a good book. Why do you get me this? I don't know. I just saw it and thought, hmm. Yeah, I like, like that. It. And it's like yeah. it's like dropping breadcrumbs to you know. Mm. So she's still technically there, like under under the veil. She's she's like subconsciously there. So she'll be picking up clues all the time, but not knowing why. And it's still and it's the doctor. It's the Donna. It's the um, Doctor Donna there. Yeah, so she's still yeah, yeah. technically there, like subconsciously, which I I love. I mean. I was, I, I think I was quite worried that that she was going to get killed off in, in this episode. But I mean, I was absolutely, I think I must have screamed or something when I saw her name flash up. Like, yeah. well, rather her face. I was like, oh, she's back. Oh my God. And, um, but, but yeah, so <laughs> I, I like, I love her being in this because I mean, even at the end, she's, she's panicking and so is her mom and, and Sean's there. Sean being the perfect man because we had her. The, the crap one. We had the crap first one. <laughs> the crap one. <laughs> the crap one. The one we're like, oh, that's your, that's your fiance. Oh, yeah. Just, no, no. And then we had, we had a an opportunity for her um, when we had, you know, silence in the library. We had like, yes, oh, oh, that that's a possibility. That's an an idea, uh, yes. a possibility of what could happen. And her with two kids and a a lovely husband. And obviously, at the end. She didn't see him and she left and then he appeared and he's like, Where's Donna? And it's like, oh, oh no, missed that. And then we, we finally got Sean and we're like, please be a goodie. Please don't you dare cheat on her. Please be well, good. And it's like, clearly, yes. <laughs> the, the the other thing I was thinking, maybe I'm just thinking too deep into this now, right? Do you think she would have been pregnant, Donna? Because I'm just like trying to work because um how old is her daughter supposed to be? Uh... Oh, I've not thought this through, David. Because <laughs> I was thinking, but, this. but you're right. The timing—it must be coming up to this, right? Because I'm thinking, because 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 Rose is supposed to be going to university, isn't she? I uh, think it. 
I see what you're saying, David, because the the, 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 the timing is quite close, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Wasn't, there a, wasn't there a theory that people said that she was actually pregnant on, on the wedding day? something i, I vague, vaguely remember maybe, seeing maybe like there'll a... be a line in the 60s yeah be yes. like, oh, maybe, we we'll learn. maybe we'll learn we yeah. got married because i was expected or something like that yes yeah, maybe yeah. But, wanted it to be a quick wedding but also, but also yeah the other thing as well like i think sylvia is made a lot more human as well because i mean yeah. i know she's supposed to be this character who you know hates the doctor but actually i think part yeah. of it is she's trying to protect donna yeah, you know she she doesn't she want. She sees the blue box and goes, "Oh, yeah, no, not like, again." But not oh. even that. I think she's like, "Get out!" Like, I don't want my daughter to dead. Like, just go. Just go. It's like in that brilliant little trailer that we first got for the 60th, where she's like, there's no one here. And she's like constantly trying to cover like 14, like, no, because who's that? Because no, there's no one here. No, no, mm. no. It's like, there's clearly someone behind you, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, but, yeah. but she's, but she's yeah. a lot more kind of, you know, she she does kind of fear a little bit. She fears yeah. the daughter just because she doesn't want her daughter dead, like because they're yeah. in, they're in a really good place. The characters, yeah. you know, and and yeah, um, I mean, you know, again, there's that great line where he's like, "You're not coming. Well, you're not leaving me with her." Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I, I loved when because I don't know about you, Sid, but I I like listening to commentaries as well. So yeah. I was listening to um, End of Time Part Two uh, with. Um, David and Yoros and, and John and I remember that whole scene where she's she's sort of begging the doctor because there's like great big Gallifrey coming in the sky and she's like please doctor please and David's just like oh so now you want me <laughs> <laughs> it, it took up. that long but she's finally come round I think hasn't yeah, she yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. talking of Johnson I saw a lovely thing um, when I was doing sort of bits and bobs from this and he, he played such a lovely tribute to Burden. And he said, being horrible to Bernard was the hardest bit of acting yeah. I've ever had to do in my yeah. career because I loved the man so much. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mind, I, I do feel bad for him for trying on all those costumes. Oh, my word. What a job. That must have been a job. Yeah, you've got he to does... grit your teeth and walk out with your head up high. What he, <laughs> he, he loves a laugh, doesn't he, John Sim? Yeah. He's laughing every five bloody yeah, minutes it's, in this episode. It's, it's weird. It's like... You know, I think for the most part, he's quite a serious... Well, I always used to think he was quite a serious guy, uh, Johnson. But, I mean, to do something like that and try on all those costumes, I mean, clearly, it's like, wait, I get to... Wait, I get to put... Uh, like, I get to try on all these costumes? Ah, I get to be with Bernard Cribbins? Oh, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a question for the two of you. Okay. Mm. Who do you think the woman is? Oh, Ooh. not his, not his mum. No, because <laughs> there's there's multiple theories with this. So so people say it's um, well, John and Dave were like, well, John was saying it's your mum, and he's like, well, I don't know. Um, it's certainly implied that it's it's his mum. Yeah, well, there's things like it's his mum, it's Susan, um, it could be Romana. I mean. I don't know. I mean, multiple different regenerations. Yeah, you could be yeah. No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> I think. No that, knows. I think that because of all that conversation with with Bernard um, about being proud if you were my father. Yeah. I think because of that conversation, yeah. the implication is that this lady is the mother, or certainly a maternal yeah. presence in the Doctor's life. 
because yeah. we, we know we don't know now obviously since since the 13th doctor's era there has yeah. been the whole tech thing and that's kicked in but at this yeah. point in time when this came out i feel yeah. like it certainly was implied that some sort of maternal figure is who this is and yeah i'm happy to go with that to be honest yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of where i where i place my emotions when i see her i i, I quite often forget about her but she's played lovely very very yeah. well i think but she's not she's kind of like fades into the background of other things that are happening um yeah. in this story um what do you think david do you think well i i think i did i don't really know actually but i i was what well, the other question i was going to ask you as well was do you mind the fact that it's not explained who she is? Like, does that I don't mind no. at all? No, no. don't mind at all. Because I know a lot of people were very angry that it was not, you know, no one said who she was, but I don't think it really matters. It doesn't How matter. Dare you. It doesn't <laughs> matter. It, sometimes, no. sometimes these characters or these events are there to evoke a feeling, and if, the, if it evokes that feeling, then why does there need to be an explanation? Mm. It's got the point across. You you know exactly what the doctor is thinking in that moment. He sees her. They look in each other's eyes, and yeah. I'm thinking at the end, right at the end, when he's holding the gun and she's crying, and he decides that he can't yeah. point the gun at her. He turns back, and I think that's enough. We don't need to know mm. who she is. It's mm. it's, it's, just, it's it's clearly an important person to him that he can recognise, despite the potential change in regenerations or not. But then again, if it's from the time war and it's time locked, then if this important person in his life, he would know what she looked like. Yeah. Because I mean, he has changed, not her, because she's stuck in time. Mm. So. I mean, uh, with, with everything, Doctor, I mean, I I don't mind it not being explained because it's it's the enigma being there is, is like, there's, it could be multiple multiple answers as to who it could be it could be yeah. his mom it could be his wife you know it could be his susan it could be some other person that's just extremely important to him i mean it's like um with isn't isn't the most one of the most fun things of being a doctor who fan though speculation yeah true but then i guess there are some doctor who fans that are like we want answers yeah <laughs> we well, want them now. <laughs> yeah well, there's nah. some people that are like i need to know who it is and threatening like russell like i will strangle you if you don't tell me um Oh, there's just people like, well, it is this person. I know it is, and this is it, and all of you are wrong. And then there's people like me, like, I genuinely don't mind, because, I mean, leave it as an enigma. We don't need to be told who it is. I mean, even with Doctor Who, how it is, and how it's to do with time travel and all this, like, we've had, we've had it where not every uh, encounter with rivers being shown on, on screen and everything's out yeah. of order. I mean, even yeah. with, with the Master, I mean... Even even though I think it's technically in stone now that, that Sasha's Sasha's master is after Missy and blah blah blah, um, or rather after the Luminat and then there's Missy, but it, everything being out of order is completely fine, and even things not being explained is completely fine because it's it's science fiction. They're not exactly every, exactly not everything has to be explained. I mean no. even. Even when people got angry with the whole it takes you away and the frog and all that, well, everybody was so angry with the being a frog on a chair. And it's like, well, you clearly haven't read Douglas Adams. 
Because there's loads of things in, in Douglas Adams' books that do not make any sense, that really do not need to be explained and no. just could be left to interpretation. Well, maybe it's she'll maybe, though. Maybe she'll come back, let's say, because the actress yeah, is going to lie. Yes, maybe. Yeah. And, 60th and... anniversary rumour starts here right yeah, now. Yeah, like... yeah, you just, you just did that. You did that. Here's, okay. here's some money, Claire Bloom. Here's some money. Yes, on please, <laughs> come back. She is yeah. amazing. And I thought, yeah. and, and you're a beautiful woman as well. Oh, she's, she's so strikingly beautiful have you ever woman. Seen, have you ever seen a picture of her when she was younger? Yeah. No, I haven't. Oh, look I her up. She's gorgeous. I will. She's I will. She's so I'm going to I'm going to draw our conversation about part one to a close, guys, because we <laughs> are jumping around, but in a fabulous we way. Are. So yeah. I would like to. I want. I want a score from you for the just the first part of this story. I want to know how many shimmers out of ten do you give the end of part, end of time part one, David? I'm going to go for an eight. Oh, good score. Good score. Charlie? Oh, probably probably an eight and all, because it's just like, what? <laughs> and also, it, it's, that's a good score. It's play. also quite I, painful because we had to wait, like, even did. though it was several days. But it's like, okay, the first episode will be on Christmas Day. The yeah. second episode will be on New Year's Day. Why yeah. do we have to wait? Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 love, I love the build-up. You know, I love yeah. that whole scene of, like, Bernard in the thing being like, what have you done, you monster? And the guy on yeah. Wolf's friend on the phone. I mean, that should have been June Whitfield, just saying. But like, yes, that thinking, could have been June, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It being like well, what's the dream. Happening? Yeah, what's happening? You know, all that the sort of build up to it. It's it yeah. gets you know bigger and bigger. So I think all of that it does get quite, bigger and bigger. It's a big know. cliffhanger. Could have seen a shot of June Whitfield's head spinning. Yes. Yeah, I know. Make her work more for that money. Not yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't just come around and. And feel up tenants. That's and not the, the whole job, June. And that okay. Him filling up to save yeah. tenants. And, <laughs> and, and that bloke from Heidi High just popped yeah. in as well. Aww. You know, you could have been driving his bus. And oh no, never mind. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say something a bit controversial then, okay? Because guys, part one is not my favourite. Um, I when when I was approaching uh, re- recording this conversation, so I obviously watched the episode and I made some notes. Both episodes. Uh, Part, I, I, I did have a bit of trepidation. I was a bit like, oh, the end of time, great. I had this kind of really, that's, that's how I felt going in. I, I wasn't very receptive to this this story. I don't really think of it as one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, I don't know whether I'm in the minority or whether I don't really know what fandom thinks about this story, but I just thought, oh, here we go. And I love Bernard, and yeah. there's so much good stuff in this. Yeah. But in general, as a plot, I was just a bit like, oh, here we go. Um, yeah. This time round watching it, I will say, I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching part two. Like, I really enjoyed myself, oh, like, more than it. I realised. Um, but part one, I was a bit like, oh, you know... I, I could kind kind of take or leave it. You know the bit you, you guys were both saying earlier about how you know you like the breathing room, you like the fact that it's building up the tension. And you mm-hmm. know, generally speaking, I love those things too. But I think that the whole point of this part is to get to the cliffhanger to get yeah. to part two. And yeah. it does feel a bit like that for me. Um, mm-hmm. despite the fact that one of my absolute favorite scenes ever is in part one. And I think David, you mentioned it earlier, where with Bernard and tenant in the cafe 
Yeah. Because yeah. that cafe is the one I was going to take you to when we were supposed to meet up in Swansea uh, <laughs> the other day. And it is a cafe that I went to um, once a week as a kid with my grandparents. Oh. And yeah, it's it's sort of a, a bit of a Swansea institution. It's called the Cardoma. And it is just, it's just a calf. But it's one of those weird things where inside it has stayed the same since yeah. <laughs> it has it's since its inception and and the the um the waitresses who work there still wear like the old-fashioned waitressing outfits black dresses with white pinifers and things it's it's um it's really cute and i have yeah. like a lot of good memories about that place and it's such a and, and to see it on screen and be like oh my god that's the cardoma like i'm putting my emotions onto that scene as well as yeah. it being an incredibly emotional scene well when so, I, come, I mean when i come back we'll have to go but i beg to be oh we will go we will I go. Beg to be in I, but i do have a um a, a very specific order i'll have to order when i when i go there which is very strange but it's what i used to have with my nan when i went i always used to have a strawberry milkshake yeah. and two rounds of white toast Love it because the yeah. toast is incredibly thick and it comes like like with a lot of butter on it. This is nice. the toast of dreams. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's what I will be having because that's what's going to happen. That's but yeah, so it's a, it, that's like proper, <coughs> proper, proper toast yeah. in a proper, proper cafe, and it is lovely to see it on screen. And it, it, it does still look the same as well. It's amazing. It's, it's so <coughs> nice that you, you you're able to have something like that proper. Uh, turn up in the show and it's like I have memories of being in there way before this being in the episode but, but, but Mike you, you saying about the first part do you think because did you watch this when this went out originally oh yes I did do, yeah. you, do you think it it was one of those things I think at the time it was hyped up so much and people said oh you know it's the best episode ever but then actually watching it again you go <sighs> hmm, actually how much is there in here yeah. i mean i love yeah. the fact that it is a you know, part one is basically a character piece isn't it there's, mm. there's not a huge amount of plot in part one it's kind of drip drip fed through but um it really is about the characters and and and, and strangely i do love character driven stuff mm. as much as i love plot driven stuff um but watching it the first time i remember thinking it was a great cliffhanger I remember thinking, wow, that is that that's cool. I love how all the pieces were in place and you got to spend time with the characters, then it's a great cliffhanger. But really the meat of it is in part two. Yeah. You there's a there's there's so much in part two. Um mm. as I've grown with it, you know, this time round specifically, part one, I did enjoy. I didn't I don't dislike it. In no. fact, I enjoyed it more than I expected to which is good, but I did have that expectation. So maybe it was built up too much. Maybe it was it was the moment. It was it was leading to leading to that moment for a whole year of specials, mm -hmm. which, you know, so it had to be special, didn't it? Yeah. And it was a Christmas special. It was Tenant's Regeneration, mm. yeah. the Doctor of our generation. Yeah. Um the golden era of Doctor Who. It had a lot riding on it. Mm. And Maybe the, the, that expectation was there, and therefore it didn't live up to it. That's that's always a case, the case, isn't it? When you have that kind of preconception of what it's going to be like, and then it happens, you're a bit like, oh, mm. that's not what I was expecting. But I don't, by any means, dislike this episode. But, but it, part one. It, but it's also like I know I said this on on one of the previous episodes. Like, do you think part of it also was because? That we were getting new showrunners in. That actually, this could have mm. this could have been the end. Really, had Stephen Moffat not been as successful with 
match. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Because it yeah. was the end of the golden era. Yeah. And, and I know I said that when I did Studs and Duds, I said, you know, the 11th hour is a great episode, but it did make or break the series, really, because it was yeah, the first time. Taken. So I think that was also part of it, is that we didn't know whether or not how long the show would go on for, because we had a yeah. new production team coming in. And luckily... Yeah. It was brilliant and it was really yeah. good, but yeah, had it not but it been, it could have gone. Yeah, it could have yeah. gone another way. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's part of it. And I also maybe I, I had a look, and apparently at Christmas that year, David Tennant was featured in seventy-five things over Christmas. So maybe we were just fed up mm. with the sight of him by the end. Of it, I mean, it, th- there is that because the, the weird thing about my relationship with David Tennant and the Tenth Doctor is that I loved him whilst he was on. I loved him. Uh, he was my doctor for a long time. He yeah. eclipsed Eccleston mm. uh, and he um, was brilliant. And I have loved his relationships with all of his companions and all the supporting yeah. characters. Um, and only in very recent years, really going back and watching his stories again, realizing the 10th doctor is not my favorite doctor. Uh, and it's, it's taken obviously living through new incarnations of the doctor and new stories and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and then reliving Eccleston again, but, um, and all, all these things happen. Obviously you grow and you mature, but the 10th doctor is not my favorite doctor. And, and it's interesting that those feelings, actually they surface quite early on in 10's run, and I and, and bear in mind that series four is still one of the best series of Doctor Who there's ever been, mm. and is still one of my absolute favourites. Definitely top three complete seasons. The specials year I think is where it lets gets let down. Mm. I think the Tenant's era in my head, he almost regenerates at the end of Journey's End. Yeah, I, mm. I, I think that I think that the the year that we were waiting, we had the the next Doctor. Um, which I could take or leave. Um, Planet of the Dead, which I could take or leave. Waters of Mars, I really like. I love I re- that one too. I, I, I really, yeah. really like. Terrifying. I was going to say Waters of Mars. I think is of of the specials. I of mean, yeah, it's, the, the it's the best. Yeah. I could yeah. I could uh, leave I could leave Planet of the Dead in yeah. in the yeah. desert and leave it. Yes. And then and it... the end of the end of time. I just think well, it's his regeneration story. I mean, I mean. Part of me thinks that perhaps this story would work better if it was just like one feature-length film. Yeah. If it was an hour and a half and it didn't lead to to a cliffhanger, cliffhanger, still have had the plot point of the master transplanting himself into all different people, all the people yeah. in the world. But it yeah. could have just been part of the story, and it, and it, perhaps then it wouldn't slow down. It would just keep on building and building and building, and you wouldn't have that week mm. to wait. But and it would have been quite nice to maybe have had a different story in the summertime, mm. you know, mm. between Planet of the Dead and Waters of Mars, and perhaps I would have preferred that. But I wonder um, as well, sort of counteracting that yeah um because you've got so much to kind of again bring bring back haven't you because you've you know you've got lucy saxon who we haven't you know i mean that was a big surprise no one knew she was in it but you know you've got to bring the master back you've got to bring donna back you've got to bring wilfred back you've got to show what they've been up to since you need time for that that. so i I do agree it's a feature but in a way actually doing a two-parter probably was better because you, you, you have to have that whole setup of going, right, these are what the characters are doing now. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then we need the master to then get back on Earth. Oh, and then we need to have Joshua Naismith's character. Yeah. Yes, you know. from a character point of yeah. view, you're completely right. Yeah, but from a yeah. plot point of oh, view... Oh, from a plot point of view, absolutely. But yeah. but you do need to have everybody set up, and then it's like, right, yes. now we're going to have the plot, but it's the end of the episode. <laughs> I mean, we did, yes. we did have a sort of 
conclusion of who the um, the um, red painted nailed hand was at the end of oh yes know, we did yes yeah we all thought like oh is it is it Lucy because obviously Lucy had the nails painted and it turned out it was a, a prison warden officer yes. who got a lovely painted nails thinking you work at a jail and you've got lovely <laughs> yeah what? that was a bit strange I mean I, I remember I remember like because obviously I don't know how old you you two are you're probably younger than me um or maybe the way around, i don't know um i'm 29 um so i watched uh doctor who when i was uh i was 10 so uh and then nine was my first doctor but i remember watching all of david's run and obviously growing up with him and it's it's amazing how you know when you're a kid and you don't realize there's so like for example if you're watching a movie and there's like swear words or there's certain things that for a child or for a young kid would not understand and it goes completely over their heads um watching a lot of david Tennant episodes back and noticing how he reacts to certain situations like how like how angst how kind of angsty is um towards martha because obviously rose has left him but obviously not in a way in a good way and yeah. he still can't get over her and he's treating her in a certain way that's not it's it's friendly at times but there are very standoff moments that i think as a kid because obviously i didn't really understand that whole relationship thing yeah, about yeah. what that was so there's lovely moments with with donna there's moments where he gets angry with don because he can't like change time even though she's she's dealing with the emotions of but we have can we at least save one family and then yeah. we've got all his quirks and stuff um yeah you, uh, I, I it must have just it must have completely phased me but watching it back he can be quite arrogant at times he, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. He, he forgets the fact that the people a lot of the people he's with a lot of the people he's traveling with for the most part are human completely mm -hmm. different species and obviously he looks practically the same as them to 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 a normal well to a, a human that's never met him would probably presume he's he's human before he even says by the way i've got two hearts by the way and i i travel in time and space to probably think oh well you're mad clearly um so it, there are times where he treats them like an inferior species and it's like excuse me you've got to remember that they're not like you you're you know you're different species you're way older than them. you've been through so many more so much more experience than them so there are moments where they won't know something or they you know they'll feign ignorance or, or they'll answer in a in a way that you deem stupid and it's like one moment just you know take a moment to remember that this person is younger than you a whole lot yeah. younger than you yeah. so so yeah so watching it back there are moments with the doctor where you, where i think he they forget for a moment that the the companion they're with is, is completely new to this has never been on this planet to, before you clearly have with your this regeneration as well as probably some other incarnations and have been with other people but this is brand spanking new to them and they don't know how to react so it's like ooh, oh <laughs> yeah yeah you're right there and it is there's a certain expectation i think from the doctor at that point because yeah. after after companions been traveling with them for a while mm. they you know a lot of the time they sort of morph into a version of the doctor yeah and um it, that then has has an expectation from the doctor and from the companion yeah. how to react in certain circumstances and it does have a bearing on on their relationship and what we see on screen i mean even um, with the, even with the master i mean he's always playing with earth girls you know all that yeah because he, he's he the master is completely is the 
opposite of the doctor so the doctor's busy like having fun and he's having all these new experiences with people he's taken them to places like he's he's been before in different incarnations but it's he's seeing through their eyes for the very first time he's experiencing it anew and obviously the master has never really had companions before and if he has they've not lasted long clearly um and um even if he's had so-called friends they're not exactly friends they're more like minions or people that he's hypnotized into believing yes. that they're friends and clearly he will you know knock them off um so he's completely different he's more time lord than the doctor is so the more that he spends with with like you said with with human companions and even other species the more human he becomes so there are moments where the master will be looking at him and be in disgust and be like, what has happened to you? And it's like, well, I guess you've completely changed. And that's why this this whole situation can never work out between us. There won't be a situation where we can roll side by side because clearly it's not, It's there's no way that you would ever do that unless, you know, time were victorious. But, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, so... It's very interesting. It's mm. a very interesting dynamic. I love it. I love mm. it. I kind of want to ask, really, you both. You know, this is obviously the New Year's Day regeneration special. Mm. And David, did did it work for you? It's a bit. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, there was. I, I'd actually kind of forgotten there was one thing I would change about part one, but I'd also change about part two. Yeah. Um, I find those cactus people really annoying. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. same. Yeah. I'm just same. like, I, you've got no reason to be here, and yeah. what's the point? And they're just a bit arrogant, annoying, really. But there is there are there are bits in it of part two that I really do enjoy. Yeah, Wilford, um, Wilford being a racist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and you know, like I said, like we were talking earlier, like the scenes of Bernard and and Tennant, you know, all that, and Bernard in space. Yay! He finally Amazing. got to go to space. But Amazing. Yeah, there are there are doubles. It, it kind of did a little bit this episode. I was making notes. I did kind of sort of stop making notes in part two because I kind of didn't think that anything to write. I know that sounds really weird, but I kind of just sort of thought uh, okay just sort of i don't know i wasn't engrossed but i kind of wasn't really i was sort of watching it but i wasn't really sort of taking much in if that makes sense that's so interesting right because i've had so this time around i made loads of notes for the first part and for the second part i made none yeah because i was watching it and i was enthralled and i was sort of like just now this now it's story with lovely little character moments but the story's kicked in and the story Mm. makes sense it's this big epic final f- fight for the 10th Doctor. And so, yeah. I, again, like you, I felt like I didn't need to make any notes because it's all happening. Mm. Mm. But I, but for me, I was a bit kind of... It sounds weird, but I was. it just sort of went all over my head a little bit. I kind of was... I sort of sat watching it thinking, this is good, but I'm not sort of, like, blown away by it, really. If that makes yeah. sense, I wasn't sort of. It does make sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I just sort of was sat watching it, and I, you know, I've got nothing. I'm not saying it's bad at all. I think it's, it's great. But it, I was kind of just like, I mean, also I was watching it at like two a.m. So <laughs> there might have been that as well. But the, but I just was sort of thought watching it, going, okay, right, okay, that's the yeah. end, right, okay, all right, cry, cry, yeah. cry. But more for me, it was like, okay, Bernard's on screen. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm fine now. 
but um, there were no, there was. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's a decent episode. I don't think it's the best of the best, particularly. I think it's. So, what, okay, so what bits did you like about then? Well, I mean, the Bernard bits. The, the, we just talk the about Bernard. Bernard? Let's just talk about Bernard Cribbins. Let's just let's just I'm just you, hand it you over to you. You need to make an extra episode, which is just non-stop talk about. It's basically yeah. a character. That's what this on- episode is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, Mike, when the 60ths have gone out and Bernard's been in it, can I just come back just to talk about Bernard? Yeah. Of course you can. Just an hour. Yeah. More I'll than welcome. Back. I'll come back and be like, okay, that's one mention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mention, yeah. mention yeah. Orinoco where you get a cookie. Yeah, exactly. What we'll do is we'll do a drinking game that whenever oh, the name no. Bernard is mentioned, you take a shot. Oh, <laughs> I, no. I do think, though, and, you know, joking aside, I, I, watching this episode, watching both of these episodes, but kind of watching this episode, Made me realise how good of an actor Bernard Cribbins is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he he can do the comedy stuff perfectly. Mm. Yeah. And then the next minute, he's tearing your heart out and just like yeah. I know. I mean, he does that a lot in series four anyway. But if you've mm. watched a lot of other things that Bernard Cribbins have been in, it's very much he's been cast because he's a comedy actor. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Whereas yes. there are scenes in this episode, you know, the whole "I don't want you to die" and. Yeah, and that final oh. bit where he's like, "Oh, just leave me. I'm an old man, you know," and all that, sort oh. of stuff. and that sort of final shot of him waving to, to, you know, David and kissing, you know, kissing his hand, and oh, you know, that breaks you know, my heart. Oh. You know, all of that. It just proves what an amazing yeah. actor he is. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I can't imagine anyone better doing any of that. And I'm so no. pleased that he got to be the companion because I think yes. I'm not being funny. We all love Catherine Tate. She's the queen. But yeah. I think we all kind of secretly wanted yeah, Bernard. Yeah, he's the king. We kind of he's wanted Bernard yeah. to, like, to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I did also really love, and again, sort of talking about the whole loyalty stuff, I loved, I, I kind of, the bit with the companions I, I enjoyed, but I did find it a little bit cheesy. Um, mm. I liked the fact mm. that they brought the actress who played Neris back. I thought that was quite a nice little nod to yeah. the runaway bride oh, yes that was good you yes. wear peach it's like peach, yeah. <laughs> you sort of yeah. brought her back to that <laughs> I, yeah i think you know and like bringing in jessica hines to play yeah the Aww. you know that's a lovely yeah. scene. do you know what i it noticed is. though and i've never noticed this before i don't know if it's because she doesn't actually sign the book oh i was gonna say the same thing she doesn't sign the book that pen is hovering she's, over the she's page so blown away by it that she's just like ghosting on the page i never she noticed is. it before i'd never noticed it before and then i was like she doesn't I'm gonna go back sign. and watch that now just oh. watch that scene she doesn't actually sign the book at all but oh, you know no. but also things like it's sarah jane's last appearance in doctor who yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. and my only other question is is that gay bar that Jack and you know is that a, a gay Slovene and a Maybe. gay adipose and a gay? I mean, you didn't see it well for the most part. You didn't see there was only one well a bartender, and we exactly. didn't see. Yeah, I don't think we, we saw any see. female bar. So maybe no, we didn't see. Yeah. But mm. you, you um, got the uh, the guy to push the paper over, didn't? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Here's my card. Push it over now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it's no. I think it's decent, and I do think that final twist of. It being Bernard is a great twist. Yeah. That's a great yeah. sort of final. It is. That's just breadcrumbs that Russell D. Davidson sprinkled yeah. throughout the the series whilst sobbing bitterly in a tissue. That's basically so, that's basically. Oh, basically gonna hate after this. That's basically Russell T. Davis going. You like Bernard? You, what's that? You like him? You like, you like him? him do you? He's going to kill the Doctor. See you later. Oh, <laughs> but then, just like at the door like yeah. But then, as Russell said in his book. I think anyone would sacrifice their life to save Bernard. So, you know, of course yeah. they would. I would. <laughs> of course they would. would. 
Yeah. Okay, Charlie. So I have a question for you then about the Doctor in this episode because obviously this is this is Ten's finale. This is the end. Yes. Um, do you have a favorite scene, a uh, David Tennant, Tenth Doctor favorite scene from this part or the previous part? Um, I I do like the the scenes with him and Wilfred. Those scenes are really good. But I also yeah. like the scenes with um, him and John Sim. Yeah. Because, like I've said before, they've not really had sort of like a time alone. Well, obviously there's Wilf in a chair that's tied up. Um, and they get to have like this... I like the scenes where it's just... Even though there are things technically happening in the background, it's, it's just them having this conversation with each other. I mean, even the scenes where he's got a gun in his hand and he could either, mm. he could either choose to shoot Rastlon and his people or he could shoot John. And I, I, I don't know if... I'm clearly not the only one that does this, but I always love going back and just re-watching shots because some of the shots are just so wonderful. I and mean, even John doesn't need to do much. He's just got... You can clearly see there's tears building up in his in his eyes because he doesn't want he doesn't want the Doctor to shoot him. And he's just, like, oh. you know, trying his hardest to get him to not shoot him. But, you know, he's got his finger, like, on the trigger and he's nearly close to to pulling the trigger and you can just see the look of like complete loss so those those moments with him and him and john are just brilliant i absolutely i completely agree with you oh it's absolutely fantastic acting on both parts and even even with wilf even though wilf kind of technically ruins that scene where we could have got something where he said like i wonder what i'd be without you i mean that's how to say I love you without actually saying I love you. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, what noise? It's like, Wilf, I love you, mate. But you just have to ruin this lovely conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. no, I do think that John Sim in that moment is perfect. Yeah. He pitches it so well. And yeah. the, you're right, when he does get those tears in his eyes, I, I it's, it's, like, it's almost like a... A lover's betrayal. It's almost yeah. like you are gonna kill me in the end, are you? I, okay, then go on and do it. I love I know, that. I know not everybody ships them like me, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I do ship them. That's that's me saying it. I ship these two. Um, but it, it is they they've been through so much together, and to Wilf, Wilf has not seen this. Wilf just thinks he's a bad guy because yeah. you know he's turned everyone to turn to look like him. So clearly Minnie's being turned. Um but you know he thinks he's a bad man. He, he must have seen him when he was Havel Saxon that one time and he killed the president all that lot. Um so he to him he's a bad guy but to the mass uh, to the doctor he's he's seen all his different incarnations. He's he's known him since he was a kid. He's had that history that no one else has seen but him. So they share this rather intimate moment together and he and he thinks he's finally got through to the master because the master's in such a vulnerable state. He's he's dying. Um, so he's not at his full form. So yeah. the, the, you can see in the doctor's eyes, he's genuinely talking to him like an old friend and he thinks he's got through to him. And, and it's we didn't have that in the previous series. I mean, we don't really have that when he turns up again. Because he's, you know, he's he's gotten better and he doesn't care about the doctor for an instance. Yeah. So this yeah. is, I think this is like probably my favorite episodes with the master because we get to see him so vulnerable. But 
this is my yeah. favorite with the John Sim master. I think yeah, this, 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 this particular part, part two, yeah. I think I just yeah. feel like th there's, he gets a lot to do yeah. and, and, I, and I feel it and I understand where all his emotions are coming yeah. from. And I think that's really, really cool. See, that's very interesting because I didn't realize it was Johnson because he looked so different. You know, I just didn't recognize. Yeah. Oh, because of the hair. Of the hair. Yeah. I, thought was, yeah. I thought it was Simon Pegg. From the pictures, <laughs> uh, we'll see, oh, it's not Sam Pegg's What the heck? I mean, I remember seeing set photos and, yeah, and, and being that. like, "Well, why is John Sim being blonde?" Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's trying to be Rose. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. He knows the Doctor <laughs> likes a blonde. Mm. That's what it is. Always playing with Earth girls. Well, yeah. I'm, how he said that was so so jealous. It's it like, was jealous. Who's, who's Donna? It's like always oh, my best friend. Yeah. It's like. I remember when you were my best friend. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is like that, though, isn't it? Yeah, I tell you what, bit I really liked in um, this episode. There's a really, um, I think, I think one of you mentioned it earlier. You know the bit where um, when the doctor does realize that Wilf is in the chamber knocking, yeah. and yeah. he says, "Like, look at you. You know, you're not remotely important, but me, I could do so much more. Yeah, you know, so much more. Yeah. Um, it's not fair. And and, and there's that." I, and when he when he's doing that, I always think that's the part where I think, okay, so this is why you're not my favorite doctor because yeah. you are very self-important and self-intelligent mm. and arrogant and think that you're better than everybody else, and that is coming across in spades right now. I yeah. don't think I realized that that was seeded throughout his whole run. Yeah. I think yeah. that I, I've I've realized this later on, but then he does pause and go, oh. I've lived too long. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that realization where he goes into the chamber then to, and says to Wilf, it, "It is my honor. Just be quick." Um, yeah. I, that in that moment, the doctor yeah. isn't just saving Wilf; he's mm. saving everyone from this incarnation of the doctor because yeah. he realizes I've yeah. gone too far again. And how many more times am I going to go too far where I'm not going to stop myself? Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. And also, yeah. it's it's I'm going to mention him again, but it's it's really clever having Bernard doing it because obviously Bernard's character idolizes the Doctor. Yeah. You know, had yes. that been another character who might not, you know, if that had been one of the Vinvoci people or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, I, it wouldn't have worked as well. But because no. because Bernard's character idolizes and thinks the Doctor is the best thing ever. Yeah. Having then him basically killing the doctor and then saying, you know, I, you know, you're not important X Y Z, yeah, makes it as you say, makes it more like, oh, hang on, like this is not what the doctor should be. This is not yeah. what you sort of no. do. So I mean, that whole scene, the I mean, it's it's now a gift because people use it all the time. That whole sequence where Donna has her wedding and he's there and he he goes he goes to leave and you can see. The, the tears coming out of, of, of Wilfred's eyes as he blow kisses him because he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to say goodbye. So he doesn't technically go like bye verbally. No, he'll, no. he'll... Sorry, the clock's going off again. Um, <laughs> every hour it goes off. Um, so he, he doesn't know what to do. So he, he blows a kiss, he says goodbye and he's just crying like so many tears and it's Stupid clock, and um, <laughs> it's an antique clock, it's really loud. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's so but funny! That's so funny. Everybody's gonna be confused. Like, why is there a clock going off? Sorry, antique clock. Clock, I don't, it's, it's maybe it's a tiny TARDIS, I don't know. Um, but yeah, even that. So, that scene where he's crying, and then even the scene where the David's 
crying and he angrily like tosses all the um the documents or whatever what everything unimportant on that desk but he's just so angry that he can't live on because he thought he'd evaded death and turns out yeah it was it was Wilford all this time and it and yeah, knocking it on Wilford. four times because he just wants to be let out and it's like oh and uh, the question is are we shipping June Whitfield and Bernard Cribbins together because yes. you know you're shipping Master Doctor da, 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 like Wilfred yeah. and um, Minnie yes. are they yes I yes. see it I see they got it. married in it afterwards they were like they they probably caught the bouquet goes. Right, we should, we should probably just get married, shouldn't we? So, yeah. yeah, I can, yeah. I can genuinely imagine Russell T. Davis going, Oh, I want to put June in this episode as well. What can I do? Okay. Oh, she, Winnie. Yeah, she, she can put, she just put her in the fu- uh, funeral, Wilfred. put her in the Wilfred. I put her in the Wilfred. Put her in the Wilfred. <laughs> Why can I not say wedding? Put her in the wedding, please. Don't put her in the Wilfred. That says so much about you, David. Well, I like to think, <laughs> now thinking about the wedding. He probably let's just imagine he has a top hat on, and on the top hat he's wearing the, the reindeer ears. <gasps> yeah, his dance is the dance he does towards the the bus. Yeah. Maybe when yeah. he's back in the sixtieth, he'll say, oh, "I mentioned I married Minnie." Yeah, maybe yeah. He, well, that would be so lovely. I'd love that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love even like the. I'm sorry, I'm babbling again. But another thing for Wilfred, uh, or rather for Bernard Cribbins, is he was born to play Wilf. He was absolutely born to play that character. And what makes it fantastic is the fact he got a dummy run with Peter Cushion. And then he came back, but obviously playing a different character. But he got to do it again, but older, a more experienced. Um, and then, yeah. One, one bit I love in that scene as well that made me really a little bit emotional was the mention of Donna's dad. I thought oh, that yeah. was such oh, a oh that makes me yeah. cry. That's such every a, time. But it's the, re- it's the reaction from from Jax as well. It's sort of yeah. the, the moment, Sylvia. You know that she realizes that actually the Doctor is a nice man. Like he does. Mm. You know that's yeah. and that's such a lovely thing for for the, the family of the actor because mm-hmm. obviously you know, but he was mm-hmm. supposed to be in it, and then the actor died and everything. Yeah. So mm. it's just such a lovely little nod to sort of include him in it. Yeah, it I mean, is. We'll, we'll probably get that for June Whitfield. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Okay, and so do you know the, of those of those scenes there where we've got all the previous companions and stuff coming back? I'm going to ask you to pick a favourite of those scenes. Charlie, you can go first. Oh, no. Um... Oh, no, that's not fair. <laughs> Rose. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought maybe Jack at first, because I thought Jack was quite... the. I was like, oh, my God, Jack's back, but... I thought how they did Rose, um, him going back to before, before she she met the Doctor. I thought that was really well done. The it was fact clever, he, wasn't it? He yeah. was like hanging out in the shadows and obviously was in pain, and mm. he was holding his regeneration back so he could see all his companions. And the last person he sees before he regenerates is Rose, and he's you know. It, it was so, it was so important, I think, to have that. I mean, she, you know, she was in the snow. He was in pain. She was trying to help. He, he was like, no, 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 I've, I've had too much. And he's like, what year is it? He's like, oh, you're gonna have the best year. And it's like, oh, that's so good. That is good. Yeah. David, what's your favorite of those scenes? Um, am I allowed to? You're allowed to. Go on then. Thank oh. you. 
Um, well, I would say it's not, it's not one of the two, but I do love the scene with Verity Newman. I think that's a really yeah. lovely... Yeah, it's design. brilliant. I think yeah. I'd have to go Sarah Jane, because obviously Sarah Jane's been through the whole regeneration thing, and I think it's the sort of look on her face when she knows. It's like she yeah. just, she just yeah. knows that this is him saying goodbye. And again, yeah. it's... And also, it's, you know, emotional, because she died the year after. Mm, so yeah. it was the last time that Sarah Jane was... And, you know, Sarah Jane would have been in it more. I know that for a fact that... Yeah. Um, she would have been in the 50s. She would have been in every, like, she would have done. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Know, it's a really kind of, for us, it's an emotional kind of goodbye to her because mm. it's the last time. But I do, uh, but Donna's scene as well, I think it's such a lovely kind of goodbye for her that finally yeah. she's getting married and finally she's, you know, she's married someone that that look, looks after her and, you know, yeah. finally Sylvia's got the, the sort of family that she wanted and Wilf's. You know, got the sort of all that. I just think that's yeah. really like, and the whole sort of, oh, it's a lottery ticket, and you think, oh, okay, yeah. you know, finally yeah. she's got yeah. a nice. Yeah, it's a winning lottery ticket. Naughty yeah, it doctors. Is. Yeah. It yeah. is naughty. And then now, and now we are at the regeneration. It is. It is time to say goodbye to the tenth doctor. How how did you feel at the time, oh, Charlie? I I wet buckets. I I was Doctor Who isn't fair because there are moments where you get you get so used to um, an actor playing that role you you've grown up literally grown up with the show so mm. I started watching it at ten mm. um, never stopped as you can tell by the fact that I'm obsessed with the show and I'm on here um, mm. I I fell in love with David being the Doctor and. When, when there was moments where I thought he was going to regenerate, it was it was sad. But the whole fact that it was saying goodbye to the, his doctor, saying goodbye to David playing that character, and the fact that he really his character just because other regenerations have not have not really acted the same way. Well, some of them have acted like they don't want to leave, but they've not been as as emotional to to leave as David's doctor has. So him crying and him saying. I don't want to go, and it, and clearly he's scared and all that. It's just, it was so heartbreaking. But but yeah, I, I cried so much watching that scene. Aww. Yeah, David, how about you? It's do you know it's weird actually thinking about it because I feel like the older the older I get, the the quicker the doctors go. Mm. If that makes yeah. sense, yeah, no, it does, and and. I, I think when when David left, it felt very sad because obviously he'd had such a successful run, and and uh, it it was yeah it was sad, but it mm. was it was weird because it was the only it was the second goodbye if that you know it wasn't like now we said goodbye to hang on one, two, three, five doctors yeah you yeah. know we've said goodbye so we know the whole regeneration thing but I think it's it was still quite new then and yeah I didn't I didn't have the same effect. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't cry. I didn't sort of. But I remember thinking, "Oh, well, this is the end. This is this is the end of an era, and this is the end of a actor in, who loves Doctor Who." Yeah, saying goodbye to it, and yeah. it was it was touching. It was a very touching way to to end it. Yeah, um, but I think that's but I think that's also partly because at the time we weren't used to regenerations, and now oh. yeah, true, I mean, true. Peter Capaldi was only the Doctor about. Two days ago, and now suddenly we've got two, two more yeah. doctors. Yeah. So, yeah, what's that all about? I think for me, saying goodbye to the tenth doctor was almost more emotional by saying goodbye 
to the Tenth Doctor's companions. Mm-hmm. I think that, and that's the function of those scenes for me. I think we obviously know the Doctor's going to change and the show is going to move on. Mm. Um, and that's kind of a given. And because the cast has changed every year since the show has begun anyway, um, it was just so rewarding to have those little moments where those characters, the companions, knew that that Doctor was about to go. And yeah. this is the last time they're going to see him. And and he and he it, that that was lovely. He did actually give something to them in his last yeah. in his last moments alive, really, as yeah. this incarnation. And so I think that's where I get quite emotional. I, I'm a bit mm-hmm. less emotional when he says I don't want to go because yeah. as much as the line is perfect for this doctor and it really yeah. really is isn't it it's also russell saying like i'm going but i don't want to go but it's the right yeah. thing to do yeah you know and i think that david's saying it russell's saying it they're all saying it it's, it's the complete right meta moment for the show and for this character yeah. um i think it's great um and i it's, it's just always so funny with the regeneration where you you almost don't have time to feel what you're supposed to feel in that moment because all of a sudden there's a new doctor there yeah and it's just it's such a range of emotions and this this particular episode i feel like you go through the ringer emotionally mm. speaking yeah. through all the wilfred stuff through all the master stuff through yeah. the potential doctor's mother for the doctor mm. want the regeneration all the companions it's just so much and all of a sudden there's a new guy who's got yeah. knees and he's not he's not a girl and no. he's still not ginger no. um, and it all just happens so fast and the tardis it's, is on fire yes and the, the yeah. tardis is is basically the destroyed oh. it, it it so much happens and you just like you, you almost don't have time to 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 give that moment it's due do you know what i mean i think obviously when you re-watch you're able to experience it a bit more um, yeah. but for me i think the emotion comes from the companions rather than 10 leaving so yeah. my final question for you both is do you think our listeners should give a flux about the end of time david yes i think they should i think it's it's it was the it was the end of the golden age, but it's a it's a it's a kind of lovely goodbye to it as well. I think that's nice. the thing. I mean, okay, it's not the finest plot that we've ever had in Doctor Who. It's not, you know, it, but it's a it's a lovely way to end this to end that era of the program. Yeah. So, nice. and that you know, yeah, and and Bernard Cribbins. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Just say his name again. Uh, Char- Charlie, what do you think? Do you think our listeners should give a flux about the end of time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 a really fantastic way of ending David's era. It's, it's fantastic for bringing back um, all the companions that we've kind of had to say goodbye to, um, the drama, the mystery. It's it's all in there. It's a perfect Christmas Day and new, new, uh, new Year's Day episode. And, yeah, I... There's, there's, it's never a dull moment in it. Um, it would have been dull if a certain song by the name of Bruno Cribbins wasn't in it. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, so name drop again. Take a shot. Don't take a shot. You'll just, you'll die. You'll be under die. the tape. You'll be under yeah. the tape. Oh my you'll, gosh, you'll, they you'll, are you'll, ruined you'll, right now. <laughs> spinning. You'll be thinking that you look like Johnson in the mirror. You know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's even after all this time. Um, 
it's still a brilliant episode. And yeah, nice. I, I just love coming back to it. I especially like watching episode two, probably more than episode one, but I love watching it. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. So, David, then, how many... 10th Doctors out of 10 do you give this episode? I thought you were going to say how many 10 Doctor uh, bum pinches do I give it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I'm going to go 6.5 for this one. For this this episode or for the whole thing? For just part 2. Yeah, Yeah, part 2. 6.5 I would say. Charlie, how about you? Um, 10. 10 10 mini bum pinches. That's, that's that's a lot of bruises, by the way. But yeah, that lots is a of, lot of bruises. Yeah, sorry, David. I wonder did how I... many takes they did of that. Oh, <laughs> oh probably several. Many, according to many, David. many takes. I well, didn't get him. Can we do another one, please? Ow! No, that's, I think that's enough. That's enough. Ow! Well, apparently, I, I was watching an interview with her at the time because she went on this morning to promote it. Apparently, she said she couldn't find his bottom. He was so thin, so they did have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> put padding in. That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. Did I score part one when we did this? Yeah, earlier? yeah, you did. Because I think what I did, think what did I give it? Uh, did you give it eight? I think eight? It's eight. Okay, eight. And that, I think that's fair for part one. This one's eight better. I'd give this a nine. I think I, I, I actually, I really like this part of this story, and. The, the 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 what you said earlier, David. The only thing that I would probably remove is the Vinvachi. I don't think they add no. anything to it. No, the Naismiths, I understand, because no, um, there needs to be there needs to be something for the for the immortality gate. That 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 does make sense to me. But like the Vinvachi, we don't need we didn't yeah. need that. Um, but yeah, I think this is a a a, a great end to. To the tenth Doctor, um, not my favourite regeneration story, but we'll hold that thought for another conversation another day. So, both of you, I would like to say thank you so much for joining me on this chat. It has been marvelous. I knew it would be interesting. I knew it would be a Bernard Cribbins loving, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's why I was here for. I am going to link your social medias in the show notes so that people can follow you and continue the conversation if they so desire. So listeners, what do you think about the end of time parts one and two? Do you not want them to go or is it Geronimo into the next era? (laughs) I want to know. Thank you very much. I like that one too. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at whofluxpod. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe and if you'd be so kind to drop me a cheeky little review, that would be amazing because it would help other listeners. To find a bum pinch, you can bum pinch me all you want. Um, it will help other listeners to find the podcast. And of course, if you want to be a part of the conversation, or if you want to join me for an episode, get in touch with the links in the show notes. Uh, David, please say your goodbye. Well, as I say, before we also go, I want to also say to everybody listening, enjoy the 60th anniversary. Enjoy mm. the 60th anniversary. Because probably by the time this goes out, it will be close to the 60th. Imminent. It'll be imminent. Yeah. So enjoy it. Hope you love it as much as you do this whole series and you do, obviously you know you're included in that statement you two lovely people enjoy yeah. it have fun and uh it's a goodbye from me charlie please say your goodbyes um well i i also hope you enjoy the 60th if it um if it's a sad one i'm here for hugs virtual hugs unfortunately i'm a very good hugger though um <laughs> i I, I absolutely love this experience. Uh, thank you for allowing me to to talk to to 
psychobabble my way through the questions as I often try my hardest not to do. <laughs> um, I'm so very sorry for my extremely disruptive clock that's extremely old, but cannot help but comment through several hours. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, goodbye from me. And it's madness because it is also goodbye from me on this little journey we've been on for the road to the 14th doctor i have led you into the 60th anniversary as best i can by going back and chatting to all these lovely people about the 10th doctor's time on the show with donna noble and this isn't the end of who gives a flux of course there's more to come of course there is we've got the bernard cribbins episode we've also got the bernard cribbins absolutely there's a spin-off coming the bernard cribbins Flux. You're gonna end so David is gonna end up wearing Orinoco's hat, Orinoco's scarf, and is gonna be on the floor covered in newspaper with empty shot glasses. That's just me normally, to be honest. That's just a normal (laughs) weekday, isn't it? That's just a Tuesday evening, right? Saturday night for me. I mean, I don't know what any about you. Yeah, but yes, I'd like to echo the sentiments of these guys. Please enjoy the 60th anniversary, and if you are. So very, very lucky, listeners. You're probably going to hear from me after each of the um, 60th anniversary specials because that's got to happen, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. gotta do a, I've got to do a discussion after that. Yeah. Um, and then there'll be, obviously, the Christmas special to come. Mm. So, yes, yeah, still plenty to come this year. But anyway, I'm going to let us, let us go now, let you all go, and I will catch you on the next episode of Who Gives a Flux. Meet me. Meet me.